Morning, everybody. How's it going? I hope you are doing well this morning. So the last time uh, we were in the Pilgrim's Progress, Christian and Hopeful had just gone through a discouraging time. They were going along the way. Things were going great when there was a beautiful field next to the the way that they were on the straight and narrow way and this this way that they were looking at uh, that wasn't that was taking them out of the straight and narrow was the way of vain confidence and they fall into that and would have been destroyed had uh, they not been called back by Christ and seeing the lesson of uh, the one that was before them uh, yeah, it's called bypath meadow and they they were trying to get back to that straight and narrow way and it's taking them forever and there's waves I mean, there's there's a rain that comes it causes the place to be flooded and now they're going through waves of waters and it's just a it's a trying time and so finally they they just can't get back to where they were spiritually as obviously this is all just a picture of our journey spiritually and they they try to tr- try to get back to where they were but they can't so they take some time to to get some rest and we're we're shown we're told here that they weren't they weren't far from this place called uh doubting castle the owner of was giant despair and it was in his grounds they were now sleeping wherefore he getting up in the morning early and walking up and down in his fields caught Christian and hopeful asleep in his grounds. So we have a note here from the author on the doubting castle and its keeper, the giant of despair. He says sooner or later doubting castle will be the prison and giant despair, the keeper of all those who turn aside from Christ and his righteousness to trust in any wise in themselves and to their own righteousness. Our God is a jealous God, ever jealous of his own glory and of the honor of his own beloved son. So it says, then when with then with a grim and surely voice, he bade them awake and asked them whence they were and what they did in his grounds. They told him they were pilgrims and that they had lost their way. Then said the giant, You have this night trespassed on me by trampling in and lying on my grounds. Therefore, you must go along with me. So they were forced to go because he was stronger than they. They also had but little to say, for they knew themselves in fault. The giant therefore drove them before him and put them in his castle into a very dark dungeon, nasty and stinking to the spirits of these two men. Here then they lay from Wednesday morning till Saturday night, without one bit of bread or drop of drink or light or any to ask how they did. There They, uh, they were therefore here in an evil case and were far from friends and acquaintance. Now in this place... Christian had double sorrow because it was through his unadvised counsel that they were brought into this distress. We have a note here from the author. He says, what? Such highly favored Christians in Doubting Castle? 
Is it possible after having traveled so far in the way of salvation, seen so many glorious things in the way, experienced so much of the grace and of and love of the Lord, and having so often proved his faithfulness, yet after all this to get into Doubting Castle? Is not this strange? No, it is common. The strongest Christians are liable to err and get out of the way, and then to be beset with very great and distressing doubts. But though in Doubting Castle, yet is their particular their Yet is their peculiar mercy not to be shut up in the iron cage of despair. Now, Giant Despair had a wife, and her name was Diffidence. So when he was gone to bed, he told his wife what he had done to wit, that he had taken... and have this little fly that's annoying the fire out of me. Okay, back to the story. So when he was gone to bed, he told his wife what he had done, and to wit, that he had taken a couple of prisoners and cast them into his dungeon for trespassing on his grounds. Then he asked her also what he had best do further with them. So she asked him what they were, whence they came, and whither they were bound, and he told her. Does anybody know what diffidence means? I have, uh, I have my, I'm using my phone today for uh, the stream, and I, I'm not able to look, look up anything. Diffidence. Sounds like difference, but instead of a R, there's a D there, diffidence. Anyways, so she asked him what they were once they came and whether they, t whether they were bound, and he told her. Then she counseled him that as soon as he rose in the morning that he should beat them both without mercy. So when he arose, he getteth him a curivus cabtery cudgel and goes down into the dungeon to them and there first falls to writing of them as if they were dogs, although they gave him never a word of distaste. Then he falls upon them and beat them fearfully in such a sort that they were not able to help themselves or turn them upon the floor. Remember, this is a picture of what despair does in the life of a Christian. This done, he withdraws and leaves them there to condole their misery and to mourn under their distress. So that all that day they spent their time in nothing but sighs and bitter lamentations. The next day she, talking with her husband, further about them and, and understanding that they were yet still alive, did advise him to counsel them to make a way, to make a way with themselves. So when the morning was come, he goes to them in a surely manner as before, perceiving them to be very sore with the stripes that he had given them the day before. He told them that since they were never like to come out of that place, their only way be, would be forthwith to make an end of themselves, either with knife, halter, or poison. So he's counseling. He, this giant of despair comes into the life of this Christian, and he's counseling them to kill themselves. And and this is a uh, this is a, a a very hard time in their life. He says, for why should you choose to live, seeing it is attended with so much bitterness? But they desired him to let them go. With that, he looked ugly upon them, and rushing to them, had doubtless made an end of them himself. But that he fell into one of his fits, for he sometimes in sunshiny weather fell into fits, and lost for a time the use of his hands. Wherefore, he withdrew, 
and left them as before to consider what to do. Then did the prisoners consult themselves, between themselves, whether it was best to take his counsel or no. And thus they began to discourse. Brother, said Christian, what shall we do? The life we now live is miserable. For my part, I know not whether it is best to live thus or to die out of hand. My soul chooseth strangling rather than life. As uh, Job said in, in Job chapter 7, verse 15, So my soul chooses strangling rather than life, and the grave is more easy for me than this dungeon. Shall we be ruled by the giant? And we have a note here from the author. He says, see, oh, I missed a note. Oh, they, so there's a couple notes here. So the, when the, uh, these prisoners, faithful and Christian, began to talk with themselves and whether it was best to take his counsel, they began to listen to despair that had just told him, it's, you know what, you're going to live in this condition for a long time. Live in this despair. There's no way out. You might as well just take your own life. We have a note here from the author. See the workings of despair. Where is now their faith? in love to and dependence upon their Lord. Alas, all seemed at the last gasp. But observe, under their prevailing distress and black despondency, even when despair had almost made an end of them, they have a lucid interval when giant despair is seized with a fit. So that Christians are never left of God to total despair. For, says Paul, in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 8, we are perplexed, but not in despair. God never cast away his people whom he foreknew, as we're reminded in Romans 11 and verse 2. So this, this despair would have killed them, would have killed them himself, as he's counseling them to kill themselves. He doesn't, because that's not what God would ever allow. He doesn't allow his Christians to be seized with total despair. We have a, another note as Christian begins to speak the words of Job in Job chapter 7 and verse t, uh, 15. He says, I would, I prefer to be strangled than to li than continue living. We have a note here from the author. He says, poor Christian, what? Tempted to destroy thyself? Lord, what is man? But see, despairing soul, mark the truth of that word. There is no temptation befallen you, but such is common to man. God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with that temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. This is a 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. You know, that's something that is temptation to end one's own life. He says, "Be re please, Christian, be reminded that this temptation that you have, mark the truth of the word of God. He says, remember the temptation that you have to destroy yourself is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above 
that you are able. This temptation to just end it all. God is greater and he's faithful and he's not allowing you to go through that temptation without giving you a way to escape. And what a beautiful, what a beautiful reminder, especially I know in the past years things have been things have been harder for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the things that have been out of our control have have caused all kinds of dynamics to change in our lives that have brought out maybe have brought us to this point to where we people have lived with despair and a lot of non-believers have just decided just to fall to this temptation and just end it just just end it for themselves and it's as we're reminded here it's not uncommon for even a christian a true believer to be tempted with this temptation that the giant of despair brings which is to just end it and, and like job said in job 7 verse 15 my, my soul chooseth strangling rather than life it can get to the point to where you know what i just rather die than continue living in this despair because you know I, i'm the one who left the way this is this is uh this is because of me this is this is my fault and this is what i this is what i deserve but the the fact is that god is not allowed this temptation to come in without giving us a way out. And there's not a temptation that we go through that Christ did not have victory over. And so it's important for us to remember that. Which time do I have? Should I continue? I'm going to go ahead and read another, another page here. Hopeful, indeed. Hopeful says, indeed, our present condition is dreadful, and death would be far more welcome to me than to than thus forever to abide. But let us consider the Lord of the country to which we are going hath said, thou shalt do no murder. No, not to another man's person much more than are we forbidden to take his counsel to kill ourselves. Murder is murder, whether it's someone else or it's your own person. Besides, he that kills another can but commit murder upon his body. But for one to kill himself is to kill body and soul at once. And moreover, my brother, thou talkest of ease in the grave. But hast thou forgotten the hell, whither for certain the murderers go? For no murderers have eternal life. And let us consider again that all the law is not in the hand of giant despair. Others, so far as I can understand, have been taken by him as well as we, and yet have escaped out of his hands. Who knows but that God who made the world may cause that giant despair may die, may cause that giant despair may die, or that at some time or other he may forget to lock us in. Or that he may in a short time have another of his fits before us and may lose the use of his limbs. And if ever that come to pass again, for my part, I am resolved to pluck up the heart of a man and try my utmost to get out from under his hand. 
We have a note here from the author. He says, Mark how a fit of despair robs a Christian of courage, reason, and graces. But where once the love, power, and grace of a covenant God in Christ are, in measure, felt in the heart, it elevates the Christian mind to hope. Once it's there, once the love and power and grace has been in a person's life, he says, in any measure, it's what is going, it's that, the fact that it's been there is what's going to bring that Christian's mind back to hope, as it is doing in the mind of hopeful here. He says, I was a fool that I did not try it before. But however, my brother, let us be patient and endure a while. The time may come that may give us a happy release, but let us not be our own murderers. With these words, hopeful at present did moderate the mind of his brother. And so they continued together in the dark that day in their sad and doleful condition. Mm. Well, with that, I'm going to go ahead and and I know I want to keep reading, but the story continues for quite a while, and I want to spend enough time on the next portion of the story. But while this is uh, this is a problem uh, that Christian and hopeful are going through this this temptation to end their own life to to just just finish it all. And and we have some we have some interesting perspectives and reminders here that I can't say I've seen be, I've seen in this light before. This is something for me that um it's definitely uh, it's, it's it's definitely a, a, makes it even more serious. And he, he speaks very simply that, you know, one that kills another, you know, can but commit murder upon his own body. If he, he says, if you can kill somebody else, then you can kill yourself. But to kill yourself is to kill the body and soul at once. This is something that, that I know has a, has a lot of conversation, especially more recently because this is a the giant of despair has taken so many but may we be the kind of friend in the life of uh the brothers around us the fellow pilgrims as christian was and and uh especially that they were both living now in the dungeon of the giant of despair but hopeful reminds christian and says you know what we can make it out of this you know, who knows? We might not live here forever. It might be that the giant, that, that God might cause this giant of despair to, to die. Or he might allow him to let us out at some point. But let's not lose courage. And this is, this is so necessary. Because it's possible. It's possible to, to, live around others who are fellow pilgrims and and give them a, the wrong word 
words of encouragement. But these, I believe these are the right words of encouragement when, when the giant of despair comes in, into our lives to, like he says, to, to be a man and decide, you know what? I'm not going to live here forever. I'm, gonna, I'm going to, I can't get out on my own, but I'm going to wait for God to deliver me. And uh, my hope's in him. And I hope that we do not forget that. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. If you're listening to the podcast, and I appreciate that. Um, just so you know, I do record these live, so this isn't pre-recorded. Um, but if you are listening to the podcast, um, I, if you hear me respond or say things in certain ways, because I am recording this live and streaming this to Facebook and uh, YouTube. So thank you so much again for tuning in. I hope this was an encouragement. I hope you all think about these things. These, the, the, the fact that you know, the author points it out again that from Scripture that this temptation is common. It's a common one. And there's a high chance that if you haven't struggled with this, that you will. So um, I hope that you'll think about these things. Read Job. Job went through these things. And uh, it's it's uh, important that we not stay silent. Not that we speak with so many people around us, but that we listen uh, to the voice of God and let Him speak to us in a time of despair. So anyways, guys, thanks again. Hope you all have a great day. Take care.